0: scroll you should imagine to yourself if you were sitting in a synagogue on a on a Saturday morning right worshiping the Lord seeing the priest step up and say listen Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength right these words that I am giving you today, put them put them on your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them while you're sitting in your houses, when you're walking along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Find them as a sign on your hand and as a symbol on your forehead. Paint them on the doorposts of your houses and on your city gates. These are God's words that, that he wants us to hear and to know, and we are so blessed to have them written for us thousands of years later, right? Amen. That we can review and consider and, and remember who our God is and who he's calling us to be. If you remember these words in particular, they're considered to be some among the most important. They have a name for this, this, these words, these verses, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5. What is that name? The Shema, right? How many times a day do they say the Shema? couple, two times a day. Every morning and every evening at a minimum. That doesn't mean you can't say it any other time of day. In fact, I would think they would encourage you to do that as often as you need to to remember who the Lord is. We've spent the last couple of weeks digging into the shaman. We've got a couple more lessons to go. The first week we talked about the importance of listening, right? And the fact that listening is more than just hearing words or having sound vibrations bounce off your ears. It's about actively actively trying to consider what is being said to you. And it's also about acting. It's about doing something beyond just hearing mere words because actually living them out is when the words come to life. When you see their meaning and you see their impact and you feel the difference that it makes to live for the Lord rather than ourselves. Then we talked about the importance of Yahweh, our Elohim, right? The Lord, our God. He is not just the one who has always been and always will be, but he is also the king, the ruler, the judge, the Lord of our lives. Then last week we talked about the importance of the heart, the source of our life, and how focusing our desires, our pursuits, and our understanding of the world on the things of God and on Him rather than on ourselves or on what others would tell us. This week we're going to talk about a word, we're going to talk about the soul. The soul. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your soul? That word soul is the word nephesh. We translate it as soul, and sometimes that's, I think, unfortunate. Because we have this very um, Greek understanding of what that word means, soul. The very Greek understanding is kind of this entity that's disconnected from the rest of us, right? There's our body. And then there's our soul, right? That part that is going to live on forever even after this part dies. It's, it's almost like watching Go- Ghostbusters, right? Where there's spirits flying around in the, in the air and you would say, oh, that's a soul, that's a soul. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is not a soul. But you would see we kind of have this disconnected view of what your soul is. It's not connected to your body. It's not at all. But the thing is, that's not the Hebrew perspective. The nefesh is very much connected to who you are. We know that the nefesh is affected by the things that happen in our, our physical lives, right? If you are find yourself um, having emotional or physical problems, it affects your nefesh, it affects your soul, it drags your soul Down. If you've ever been chronically ill or know somebody who's dealing with a disease they can't beat, it's hard to keep your soul (laughs) uplifted and joy-filled. And it's harder, frankly, to see and experience the Lord because they're not disconnected. They're very much connected. You know, um, I don't know about you, but if I'm sick, um, there comes a point after a couple of days where I've decided I'm done being sick. Right? You all know what I'm talking about? Or some of you know what I'm talking about? I'm just done now. I'm done being sick. God, you can take this anytime you want. You can make it go away. And then if it lingers, there's a few days later where it begins to go, I begin to go, am I ever going to get over this? Right? My wife my wife will tell you that I'm a hypochondriac. I don't think that's the case. Just because I've had Hantavirus at least twice, Not really. Do you even know what hantavirus is? Yeah, don't Google it. Bad plan. Okay. But I reached this point where I'm sick for a while where I'm like, is this ever going to end? And you can find yourself feeling in despair, being tired and just going, is this ever going to end? Our spiritual health, the health of our soul is affected by how we feel physically and how we feel emotionally. One author says physical illness triggers a spiritual dark night of the soul where we once felt connected to God or to nature or to others who are important in our, in our lives, but we now feel utterly alone. If you've ever met someone who's chronically ill, then you've seen this come to life. You've seen this become a reality. But we know, so deep down, I want us to get this I want us to eliminate this concept that the soul and the body are disconnected because as they wrote this, love the Lord your God with all your soul, the Hebrews would not have seen them as disconnected. They would have seen them as one and the same. Very much a part of what it means to be you or to be me or to be anyone created by God. That word nefesh is translated many different ways in the Old Testament. If you look at, at Psalm 105 verse 18 it's, This is about Joseph after he's been taken as a slave And they said, it says, they hurt his feet with his shackles And his neck was put in an iron collar Can you find Nefesh in that? Any guesses? Who said that? Neck Nefesh is translated as neck There, That's very physical, right? it seems that the nefesh can be restricted. If you go into Numbers chapter 11, as, as Moses is speaking of the, the hardship that they are going through and, the, and the, the people of God are complaining to Moses about what they're going through, it says, we remember the free fish we ate in Egypt along with the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic, but now our appetite is gone. There's nothing to look at but this manna. Can you pick out the word nefesh in there? Appetite. Appetite is in there. My nefesh is gone. It's dying. A hunger or drive to move forward is gone. It seems the nefesh can can be bewildered by life's circumstances. We know that to be true, don't we? In Psalm 42, verse 1, and I don't think I have a slide for this, it says, A deer longs for flowing streams, so I long after you. The word nephesh is I there. It's even attached to what it means to just simply be alive. As Rahab asks the spies at Jericho to spare her family, she says, Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father. My mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all of whom who belong to them, and save us from death. You will spare my nefeshes. You will spare spare the lives of my family. Numbers chapter 31, people are referred to, those who kill others are referred to as nefesh slayers. The Bible even refers to dead nefesh. And that's important for us to get because remember, we try to separate the two and yet the Bible clearly states that a nefesh can also be dead. But I think the first place we really see the nefesh come to life is in Genesis chapter 2. In verse 7 it says, Then the Lord formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and then became man became a living Being, Any guesses where nefesh is there? Being. You became a being. You became alive. You exist. The nefesh is your existence. And yes, I guess we get that, but sometimes we separate it from the physical. And it's not separated. It is who you are. From the moment you were created, the moment the Lord breathed life into your nostrils, you became a nefesh. You became life. If the heart is the source of your spiritual life, the nefesh is the living out of that life. It's the tangible application of that life. And that's important for us to get because, again, we kind of think of the soul as this disconnected thing that's going to live on after this physical part of me dies, right? The nefesh is the eternal part of me. But it's also the present. It's who you are right now. It is connected to who you are right now. And how many of you are struggling with that idea? It's okay to say you are. (laughs) This is a lot to wrap our noggins around. So, which begs the question, how do you love the Lord your God with all your soul? Any guesses? Yeah. You love the Lord your God with who you are with your physical existence, the way you live out your life, the decisions you make, the choices you take on, what you choose to do with your time and your energy and your talents. The nefesh, if it's going to love the Lord our God, the nefesh's job is to love the Lord with all we are physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's It's action. One of my favorite stories is told by Francis Chan. It's about um, him having a discussion with his daughter about cleaning her room. And he tells her to go clean her room and she comes back and she goes, hey dad I thought about this. I, I thought about what it would look like if I cleaned my room. And he says, your room's still not clean. Right? Go work on that. So she walks away and she comes back and she goes, hey, guess what? I looked up how to say clean, clean my room in Hebrew and in Greek. And his dad, her dad says, is your room clean yet? She says, no, but I can say it in Hebrew and Greek. He goes, that's not what I'm looking for. He sends her away again, and she comes back again, and, and she says, Dad, I got together with a group of friends. We all sat together, and we discussed what my room would look like if I cleaned it. And he said, What is wrong with you? Because none of those things are actually cleaning your room. I think we do sometimes do the same thing with our faith. We talk about what it would look like to follow God, we consider what it would mean to give up my life. We were reading with the teens this morning about the need for a grain of wheat to fall and die so that it can bear fruit. We could talk about what would that look like, but what does it really look like if you let your Nephesh die so it can bear fruit? If we do more than just talk about what it would look like to follow God fully and completely and actually do, that's where the nefesh comes into play. The heart, which we discussed last week, is about wanting to do all of the things that God wants you to do. It's about the desires of your heart, the pursuits of your heart, right? Aligning yourself with the call God has upon you, thinking upon the things that will bring life to you, as Paul says in Philippians. Think upon the good things. That's what the heart is for. But, but unless the heart talks to the soul and the soul does something then we're failing to love the Lord with all of who we are. There's a physical action here. It's where the rubber meets the road, right? Pick your analogy, they're all over the place. Put your money where your mouth is. The truth is, loving the Lord our God with all of our soul is less about what we think and what we feel and more about what we do. It is a call to physical action. It is a call to live out the call that God has on your life. It is a call to make choices repeatedly over and over again that bring glory to him rather than ourselves. It's a call to pick up our cross and carry it. It's to choose to make the changes in your life that God desires for you. Colossians 3, verses 3 and 4 says, For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, which, by the way, is a very good thing for all of us. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Choosing to sit down and evaluate the things in our lives, what we put our time and our energy, our time, treasure, and talent into, and ask ourselves, do these things live out bringing glory to God? Do these things the way I'm using what I've been gifted with, and they are gifts. Am I using them to bring glory to God, or am I using them to bring glory to myself? Am I using them to build a bigger house? Or to fill the kingdom? What am I doing with what God has given me? And maybe even thinking about decreasing or dropping those things that are keeping us from following God, from living out our lives, from cleaning our room, from telling others who Jesus is. What are those things that get in the way? Loving the Lord your God with all your soul means choosing to walk in faith. Walk in faith. 1 John four eighteen and 19 says there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If we're choosing to walk in faith. We're choosing to walk in the love of the Lord as we love him with all of our soul, as he loves us then we are able to not make the fears go away, but to overcome the fears. That's really what courage is. Courage is not the removal of fear. If you're flying in an airplane, the truth is the plane can fall out of the sky, right? There's no amount of wishing it to go away that will make that possibility go away or make it unreal. But you can choose to have faith that it won't right do we choose to have faith that the Lord will carry us through our challenges and through our difficulties and we've discussed this before because it's fear I think that stops us from doing the things from having our nefesh live out what God wants us to live out it's fear that stops us it's fear of how people will judge us it's, it's fear of whether or not we're going to have to give up something. And can I just tell you, following the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength means giving up something. There is something to be given up. I'm pretty sure Jesus gave up a whole lot. It will cost you everything. It means choosing to put God's agenda first. Again in Colossians, do whatever you do, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. Everything. At work, bring glory to God. Do what glorifies him. At home, bring glory to God. Do first and foremost what brings glory to him. If you're having an argument with a spouse, it's not about winning the argument. It's about figuring out what God would want to have happen. And that's not always easy to do because uh, I like to win. If you're at school, it means you're committed to doing your best, not because it makes you look better or because even because it makes your parents feel proud. It's because the Lord would call you to do that. And that's a higher calling than even parents. Loving the Lord your God with all your soul means prevent presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifices are a challenge, as I've said many times, because they have a tendency to try to crawl off the altar. And yet that is what we are called to be. We are called to be a people who will use our nefesh for the things of God. We're going to look at one more, one more verse. It's out of the book of Leviticus. Which I'm sure was on y- all of your reading lists this week. It says, for the life of a creature is in the blood. And I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives. Since it is the lifeblood that makes atonement. The word nefesh is in there how many times? Any guesses? One, two, three. Three times. For the nefesh of a creature is in the blood. And I have, I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your nafeshes, Since it is the nefesh that makes an atonement. Isn't it interesting that the Lord did not just give up his disconnected soul to atone for our sins. He gave up his very life, his very being, all of who he was for our sakes. That is the nature of what it means to love the Lord your God with all your soul. He chose to give up his blood He chose to do it for you and for me and for our nefeshs. And he chose to make an atonement for our sins. That is the sacrifice, living out his nefesh, doing what it's supposed to be doing, living for the Lord that he calls us to as well. Amen?